where nobody knows your name is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. Hello and welcome back to Where Nobody Knows Your Name. Last time you joined us we were at the Five Pint Point. I'm James. And I'm John. Like James said, we're back and this time we're with part two of Coach and Love, uh, released on the 15th of November 1984, written by David Angel and directed of course by James Burroughs. We don't know how the rest of this episode is going to go. It's the time of the night where things could go very well, things could go badly. It's all about what you choose to be your next drink, or if you just go home. Should we catch up uh, and have a talk about the sort of introduction, the catch-up, if you will? And it's uh, it's told in a very nice way this time. I thought it was one of the best ways they've done a recap so far, because it showed you the different homes of the main characters. I think this is one of the things which I really like about these two parts, is the second part always catches the audience up in a creative, unique way every time. Yeah. So we've seen Coach's game plan kind of catch up. Seen Cliff uh, showing Florida snapshots. And uh, this time, like you said, we get to see a little glimpse into the home life of the characters. And uh, they catch us up on quite a few things, mostly on the last episode, where Coach has a Thunderbolt moment, which is Italian for love at first sight. Essentially, yes. And he falls in love with a woman named Irene. Uh, after three weeks, Coach pops the question, and they're engaged. Soon after their engagement, and I'm talking minutes, Yeah. what happens, James? Uh, she wins the lottery. Way! Whoa! Good, good news. Or is it? Or she seems to forget about Coach. And that's almost where we pick up. They go back. This bit we see is after the bar's closed, and they've all gone home. But Norm, we think, is in fact with Vera. Yeah, Norm has a great discussion with who we think is Vera. Actually, that sounds a bit weird. It's, it's not another woman. It's a dog. Yeah. Who knew Norm had a pet? No one. <laughs> it's a very private home life. He never talks about Vera. <laughs> yeah, he's having a, a lovely conversation. Hi, sweetheart. Oh, come on. Don't look at me like that. I know we haven't spent that much time together lately, but awful lot's been happening down at Cheers. Let me just grab a beer. Anyway, this woman, Irene Blanchard, walks into the bar a few weeks ago, and Coach falls for her like a ton of bricks. Kind of like when we first laid eyes on each other. Yeah. <laughs> well, next thing you know, he's taken her out of the town, and they've been seeing each other every night since. So, I guess it wasn't totally unexpected when Coach comes in tonight, and... Hey, 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 I saw that yawn. Yeah. I can finish this story tomorrow. Come on, let's you and me turn in, huh? No, no, shh, shh. Wake up, Vera. Be right up, dear. You stupid dog. Cliff's talking to Ma. Ma, yeah. They have a lovely chat. What do you think they're uh, dining on? I think facts. <laughs> they were eating pie. Would you like a pie full of facts? That's me uh, when I'm cooking Christmas dinner. Why is it white pie? <laughs> Christmas pie. We also get phone calls between Diane and Fraser. Fraser's. I, I think he's also at the five pint point. <laughs> Hello? What are you wearing? Hello, Fraser. I'm not Fraser. I'm not wearing anything. Does that excite you? And we also get Carla's home as well. Uh, where she's talking to Anthony. It's a nice slice into their, their lives. Yeah. I'm sure we'll talk about it a bit more later on. So in the cold opening, we uh, jump into the bar, and there's Sam and Carla, and Carla's reading some articles. Some tabloid. Newspaper. Is it tabloid or is it one of those, seems like one of those sci-fi conspiracy magazines? Either way, Sam's a bit critical of them. Yeah, like, is, like is your cat trying to kill you? Yes. Typical crossword though, isn't it? Yeah, you hear someone doing a crossword, particularly if they say the clues out aloud, you'd sit there doing your work or whatever, you know, no, might not be mind your own business, then you just shout out, 
<laughs> the answer is Paris. <laughs> everyone wants to be good at the crossword, but not everyone can be. Shall we kick off into the, the main episode, James? So it's been a couple of weeks since Coach and Irene got engaged. It doesn't sound like it's going too well. No, they set a date for their wedding. They set a flexible date for their wedding. And she's got a taste for the better things in life, though. Like caviar. <laughs> but but in this time, Coach hasn't seen her at all. No. But he's still hopeful. Of course he is, he's Coach. Which is kind of breaking everyone else in the bar's heart. Yeah. It was a it, it was. I mean, we said we said in the last episode, it was lovely seeing Coach so happy. He's happy now, but you, you feel really sorry for him and you just want to go, oh, Coachy. Coachy, Coachy, Coachy. In the, in the <laughs> last episode, I talked about, for some reason, I talked about a, a roller coaster analogy. Coach is still going up. Uh, but we're all coming down. <laughs> the roller coaster is, he's not on the roller coaster anymore. <laughs> so it's kind of split up into two. And uh, yeah, he's just kind of, it's ignorant, right words? Blissfully. Blissfully. Um, to, to the reality that probably not going to get mm. married. Yeah. Continuing our, our five pint analogy, at this point he's almost mind sweeping and just going, I want more drinks. <laughs> uh, he's at that point where he's, he's drunk, but he can still drink. Yeah, but doesn't want to admit that he's and drunk. He's, 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 he's like sneaking drinks. <laughs> so his friend's like, no, no, no. He's like, oh. Let's do a quick run-through of the cast. Yeah. So, Betty Ford, back as Irene Blanchard. Ellen Reagan is credited as Sue Blanchard, but doesn't appear. Alan Blumenfeld, which is a fun name. He appeared as customer number one. He had his film debut in War Games, and he played Mr. Liggett in that. He also appeared in Different Strokes, Remington Steel, Who's the Boss, Hill Street Blues, Growing Pains, Hunter, Fame, Cagney and Lacey, The Golden Girls, Family Ties, Dave's World, The Practice, ER, Chicago Hope, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Heroes, CSI, Arrested Development, and many more. Oh, it's got a long, long list. Long list, long list. This name is, is a fun name. Jason Tatar appeared as customer number two. Yeah, and he also appeared in the Hang Time episode, Breaks of the Game, as the referee. Al appears but is uncredited. Sinatra. Yeah, I think I think when Al doesn't have a line, I think he just showed up because he heard that there was something vaguely alcoholic on set. So uh, Sam has a chat with Coach. Everything going along all right with you and Irene? Yeah, sure. Never better, huh? Well, here she changed the wedding date again. What's the story? Well, it's just nerves, Sam. You, you know, it's only natural. But you've hardly seen her lately, Coach. Well, she's been making all these wedding plans. I'm not worried about it. Coach, she moved and she didn't tell you where. Well, I am a little worried about that, but with all the excitement, she probably just forgot. And I think that's what did unite him and Carla as characters. They have similar religious background, but I think one thing that they have in common beyond that religion is that they do keep their head up and mm. keep believing something. Yeah, I mean, as, as as cynical as Carla gets, she's always got to have some faith there, you know? Yeah. It's a way of masking. She's always uh, fairly positive and tries to use humour as a sort of defence mechanism. But uh, Irene does show up. She has a chat with Coach, quite a sort of uh, apologetic kind of, I've had a taste of money, 
Not to Corfu. <laughs> Our listeners in Corfu would be upset if I thought I was brewing them. And she says, things aren't going to work between the two of them. Coach, still, even though he's heard it from her, it's like, it'll all work out. We'll set a date and you will, you'll, you'll show up. I like how Coach was like, well, I'll be there. So, you'd be there too. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of just going, well, one of us will be there. But it all comes down to this idea of money changes people. Yeah. and feeds into wealth. I think this is where one of the things about the houses, you see all of these... The social background, yeah. yeah. Because Carla lives in flats, yeah. Norm's got a house for himself. I think Sam and I have similar mm-hmm. places. Cliff is in his family home with Ma. Yeah. But yeah, I think it was an interesting way to sort of give a bit of background to people, but in a very sort of subtle way. What I liked about that opening specifically, and how they, as you said, addressed it subtly with the plot mm-hmm. of the episode, is that one of the reasons the producers chose Boston as web set, because sitcoms before that would be, you know, New York, California. One of the reasons they chose Boston was because politically it was quite interesting. Mm-hmm. It had a sports, like a large sports fan base. But because of that social diversity there, they felt there was a lot they could do in terms of plots. Mm-hmm. You know, we learned very early on in the series that Carla was a single mother taking care of four kids compared to Diane who was you know, this yuppie wealthy background type mm. those houses really showed them so coach prepares for his wedding day he's all suited up but Irene's not there eventually mm. Sam calls Sue for two reasons one to ask where Irene is two to see if he can convince Sue to go on a date come on Irene come on Irene, come on, Irene. <laughs> That's the tagline for this two-parter. <laughs> yeah, it, it gets quite sad towards the end. Coach waits as well. And by the end of the night, it's him, Sam and Diane. And Coach is convinced she'll call. And they're about to leave. And the phone goes. Coach is kind of, doesn't want to let go. Yeah. But he knows he has to. Coach, don't answer that phone. We both know, like you do, that it's Irene. But why not teach her a lesson? Yeah. No, Diane. She was thoughtful enough to call. Look, look, honey, let me do the talking. If I hear your voice, I, I might change my mind. You're better off with the rich guy. I realize that even if you don't. Now, look, we had some good times. Just take care of yourself, huh? We do end this uh, episode with the, the sort of sad scene of Coach letting go. Well, as we said in the last episode, it's a dangerous thing, that fun ball. Mm. I realise it doesn't have quite the dramatic weight when I say in my accent compared to the uh, original Italian. Well, that's uh, that's trivia time, James. It's, the mail's been delivered. Yeah, it's been delivered in a pie, no less. No, no, it's not pie. <laughs> so, James, you got, do you want to kick off with some trivia? Uh, yeah. What are some of the tabloid articles in the cold opening? Oh, I don't know. One is... Bigfoot stole my wife. I like to think it's not the creature, just a very large foot. The other, another headline is, have aliens taken over your pet? Some quickfire questions for you. From the crossword. Okay. Five-headed cow born in Vermont. Daisy. Maybell. Uh. Where Franco's brain is being kept alive. Stalingrad. Fish tank. <laughs> What does Sam want to send to Sue as what he thinks is a sexy gift? No, I'm very, I don't know that, Jim. It's a relief map of his body. 
as you said before, Irene ventures off Come to... Come on, Irene. Yeah, Irene. Come on, Irene. Yeah, she ventures off to Corfu. Sam learns from Sue that she's now engaged to a hotshot foreign industrialist millionaire, which sounds like a line delivered by Robert Downey Jr. But what is the name of this new fiancé? <laughs> no, I don't know. Um, Stanislaw Glads. Stanislaw Glads. Yeah, name. basically. That's the last call at the bar, James. How are we feeling? We're, I guess we're about... I mean, how many pints do you think? I think I think we've taken Sambucas, and now inevitably in the next morning, where you, you you look at your and this is from personal experience. You you walk into the kitchen and you get reminded of your shame. You see bottles which are not in the recycling. Most of them are on the floor, and you think, "Oh God, what have I done?" You, you drank a lot. That's, uh, and you, you look at pictures on your phone and go, "Ah, my phone is remembered for me." I wonder where they'll take it with the next episode. Or if the only thing that will carry over is the mentioning of Florida. They did get pizza at the end, though, which is something you do do on a night out after you've had the drinks. What do you reckon? We've, we've <laughs> still got we've still got that um, that champagne on ice from last episode. Yeah, it's Part just one. much like our hopes. It's melted into some kind of grape-scented mess. So to hit, here's to a grape, <laughs> grape-scented mess. Let's hope for something a bit brighter next week. Uh, thank you for listening to Where Nobody Knows Your Name, a Cheers podcast. <laughs>